Welcome back to another episode of the To The Moon Podcast. My name is Aeon. And my name is Corey. Today we have Boiler Rat, a man that is entrenched in the DAO ecosystem. He is a DAO founder, a rocketeer at MoonDAO, and a self-proclaimed DAO addict. Welcome to the show, Corey and Boiler Rat. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, got to say, I'm so proud and excited about what MoonDAO has been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. And it's all thanks to Corey, Pablo, and the help of all of our contributors. And Border Rat's been one of those guys that has helped MoonDAO in so many different ways. I often refer to him as our DAO expert. And if there's a DAO out there, Border Rat probably knows about it. And he's also probably a member of it too. So I'm so excited to be speaking with him today. And let's get this podcast started. So I'll hand it off straight to you, Corey. All right. So uh, I'll just I'll just throw throughout the first question, which is, I would really love for you to tell us the story of how you found Moondao. And just to give everyone some context right now, Moondao has raised, looking at it right now, $3.1 million. Yesterday, we raised a million dollars in a single day. It's crazy. But uh, Moondao came from humble origins, of course, and I still remember when Boiler first popped up. Can you please tell us that story? Yeah, as far as as I go, I'm like a little bit of a, a DAO, like a, what do you call it, like a, a DAO addict, I guess, right? And I just like starve for information and, and new knowledge about DAOs. So I was just cruising Twitter one night for uh, Twitter spaces for, for DAO conversations that were going on because I really find that like, you can read all you want, but like the real information, the real knowledge is going to come from people talking to one another. And so I was cruising Twitter spaces and found Moondow. And my first thought was, well, this is a token sort of group that wants to make tokens go to the moon. So I, I jumped in and was just kind of listening in and it's like, no, these guys want to go to space. This is hilarious. <laughs> right? Like, okay. I'm gonna like it kind of I became interested in it, right? So I just um yeah, that that was kind of how I found Moondow and I just got myself involved and, and kept going with it. So yeah, that's a story that's a story for that. Love that you said that you're a DAO addict. Uh, so I'm curious to hear how you got into DAOs in the first place. And also, there's this phenomena within Web3 called the rabbit hole moment. And it's sort of that turning point when someone realizes how Web3 could completely revolutionize the way you live when, in terms of AR, VR, tech, finance. And people sort of spent days and, their, and weeks just getting into Web3. So I wanted to hear if there was that eureka moment for you as well. For me, it was in trying to help somebody else. Uh, it was an NFT project that I was really into. And they were, I mean, I don't want to talk about that NFT project too much, but they needed some help as far as development goes and with their project. So I kind of went about web two, web three, whatever, and was searching for developers to really help this project out. And that kind of led me to 
raid guild and that was super interesting and we can definitely get into how raid guild works a little bit if you guys want but um it it, it eventually that was the rabbit hole right so that was the rabbit hole there was I was looking for developers, and developers are hard to come by. And all of a sudden, I found this group of people that were sort of advertising development opportunities in a Web3 kind of way, and that that was the rabbit hole. And that eventually led me to Dow House, which is a um, framework for a framework of smart contracts that DAOs can exist on. Kind of the short story about how I, I, I found DAOs. I, I love that, um, that you're like a DAO addict. That's pretty funny. I think we should name our, our podcast that, by the way, like this episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's like such an emerging, emerging technology that, and, and it, requires a lot of effort really at this point to be become knowledgeable of it right like it's not like something that everybody talks about or anything like that so like to become knowledgeable in the topic of DAOs, you have to like dig in right and read and listen and talk and that's what has led me like to where I'm at right now with it, right? I'm like, I still feel that I'm an a, I'm an amateur, really, right? It kind of astounds me myself that like I could sit here and like talk intelligently at all with people about the topic, right? But yeah, it's it's it's, it's cool. Uh, yeah, sorry, I don't, I don't know if I veered off the question at all there or not, but no, no. And adding on to what you're saying there. There's so much depth within Web3 that someone could spend weeks mastering one area within Web3, but be completely clueless in another. So there's not, not going to be one person who's an expert in everything there is to do with Web3. And that's part of the reason why DAOs are so freaking cool, because you get a bunch of experts within their own niche field, but collectively as a DAO, they're able to do something so much greater. And... There's an incentive too, because DAO members and DAOs are collectively owned and managed by these members. Yeah, that's that's a totally a really good point, right? And 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 it's like that in any asp, like in any sort of trade or anything like that to take on in your life. Like you're you're never gonna figure everything out, right? And that's where the community part becomes very important with DAOs is that. You know, you're not going to know everything, but maybe you might know something about something that you combine that with somebody else's knowledge that you might not have been able to connect with otherwise, other than through the internet, right? And you can connect with people that can offer like ways out of your like your own mindset like you you can figure out all these things about what you want to do and how you can do it but you might not know how to execute it so with web3 I'm I'm personally finding that you can find people that might be able to find those connections for you that might be able to 
develop your own ideas a little bit further and then there might be somebody else that can help and then all of a sudden you have a team of people which are working together to to solve a problem that you might not have been able to do solve yourself and now you have a team which is essentially a DAO at this point that has a purpose to solve a problem and they go about solving it. And it's really a beautiful thing, right? Like, cause you might've had a whole bunch of skills that you've developed over your lifetime that can only take you so far until you realize if you've worked with other people that you can go much further with those skills that you didn't know could be applied in other areas. And I'm probably rambling right now and not making any sense. So, <laughs> No, you absolutely make sense. It's like, in my head, if you want to make an impact, you can do one of two things. One is you can be the Michael Jordan of a specific field. That's hard, right? The second thing you can do is you can own maybe the intersection of two fields or multiple fields, especially if those fields don't normally overlap. So for example, you could be a lawyer, but also into Web3. And the brilliant thing about Web3 and DAOs is that, like Aon said, there are so many rabbit holes that you'll find your own intersection, your own niche that you can sort of own. And, you know, you mentioned that you are a DAO addict. I have a question for you. Some DAOs succeed some don't. What's the secret sauce? Hard to say. I mean, they're, they're, eventually magic is going to happen with collaboration. And for me, it's all about collaboration. Like you can raise like $40 million. You can raise $500. It doesn't matter if people aren't working together. That's not a DAO. That's a treasury. That people are doing stuff with, but it's, it's not a DAO. It's not a DAO until people are working together and sharing each other's ideas and come on, coming up with new things. So for me, it's all about the collaboration, coordination, whatever you want to call it to get things done. And that's, what's a successful DAO. Like there doesn't even have to be a single penny involved as long as people are working together. And that's what a DAO is to me. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I, I, I agree. I don't think there is like a sufficient sort of explanation or recipe to the success of a DAO. Otherwise there would be millions of DAOs succeeding. Um, I think some necessary conditions could be, I think a big one is incentives, like incentive alignments. If you can solve for that, you've made a big step forward in having your DAO succeed. Another one is values, which is a weird one. And I think sort of relationships are a good analogy. Um, Not that I'm like a relationship expert here or anything, but I think some people think that the recipe for a good relationship is chemistry, but chemistry fades, right? And if you want to be with someone long-term, it comes down to shared values. And I think it's similar to DAOs. I think values are really important. And with MoonDAO, we've got very clear uh, outlined values, like ideas about transparency and decentralization and progressive decentralization that I think was 
an important factor in the success Moondow has achieved so far? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to watch things when there's a big group of people, right? Like, and that's why it's like it's difficult with DAOs between like sort of separating like total equality, and you and you want to in an, an ideal situation, you wouldn't even have to worry about things, right? But there's always going to be like that one or two people that we're going to mess things up for you, right? So you have to be suspicious a little bit, right? So, and that's where trust is still needed a little bit. And it'd be beautiful to be in a totally permissionless system, right? But I don't think we're there yet, unfortunately. And yeah, we have to account for that a little bit about how how to like bring a a whole group of people together and how to work together in a in a way that you don't have to trust one another, but at the same time, we don't have the systems set up right now where you can really do that, right? Like the reputation systems throughout Web3 are not developed enough yet. Like Bright ID is a great system uh, and I highly encourage anybody to go through that process and get their Bright ID set up but it's not a perfect situation and I don't know what to say about that. Like, you know, like protect your web three identity really is, is the best I could say about that. Like, like be very wary of that. We've all went through the web two experience where people like to take your identity and sell it for their own purposes. And the whole point of web three is that we own our identities and we own our, our own data and that should be able to be carried around with us throughout the web3 ecosystem and and right now i don't know if the systems are are ready and any opportunities that we have to sort of develop that identity protection and reputation development on web three i think we we have to do that because it's super important right now because we don't want to be put in a situation where other people own our data again we're through with that that's what web three is about we're done with that stuff yeah yeah and, and you're mentioning how we need to leave these old web two ideas behind and i sort of want to pivot here. So Tim Ferriss had a really good podcast with Chris Dixon and Nabil Ravikant, where Tim Ferriss said that he's never seen so many highly intelligent, ambitious, and capable people drop whatever they're doing to dedicate all of their time into Web3. So I wanted to ask you, what would you recommend someone do to move from the Web2 world into the Web3 world? First of all, I, I wish that I was in the situation where I was going from web, web 2 to Web 3 because it would be much easier. 
to do that, I think, than trying to leave behind the traditional, like, I'm a trades union guy, right? Like, this whole thing is really foreign to me. It should be, other than it's natural to me. But that's a whole other story that we don't necessarily need to get into. Like, so, like, to go from Web 2 to Web 3, I think should for me would be very easy like if i was working for like a full-on web 2 company to go to web 3 like i i I don't see where the problem would be like for me it's like i'm trying to leave behind a traditional world of whatever right like a nine to five sort of thing right so that is much more challenging than going from web two to web three, I think. And it's something that I think that I'm really going to accomplish. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> that's me knocking on wood, but like, that's something that I hope to accomplish this year, right? Is to be able to make that transition because I see a lot of the traditional employment structure sort of broken, the old union and company, like there's a lot of, of, of it's broken. <laughs> For me, it's broken. And Web3 offers freedom that I want to attain and I hope to attain because I, I I can clearly see the better way, right? Like when I sit around, I have conversations like this tonight, t- tonight, or maybe t- this morning for you guys, um, or other conversations that I have with people in the Web three, and I uh, like you know it just makes me feel good. Like I I feel like people are working together, and like people that want to accomplish a common purpose will gather together and if they need to have a little money in order to accomplish that purpose then they'll pool their money together and they'll accomplish their purposes and they'll put it all the smart contracts and, and and they'll do it and, and and it's a beautiful system whereas like in the traditional world like you might like wake up in the morning and go and do a work a job that you hate go home at night and just like hate it right and the system is designed to not allow you to fully realize your potential and with web 3 I believe that you can do that you can realize your potential in a way that the traditional world that we're inheriting or have inherited can't do. Yeah, and what you said just reminded me of a question I wanted to ask you. So do you foresee DAOs eventually being a full-time job for many, many people, just like a major company? really so there's two there's two things that could happen right we could have (laughs) the blue pill where people just work their nine to five as they usually do or you can take the freaking red pill and go into the dow universe where you're able to work with people you want to work with 
with a community that appreciates you for your skills and it's just complete collaboration rather than in the corporate world where that's not the case. So I wanted to ask, do you foresee this happening? Uh, absolutely, I see it happening. Absolutely. Uh, um, and I know of people that kind of do it <laughs> really right now, right? But I mean, you're right, though. It is a few people that can do it. And what it requires is systems to be set up so that people can, can rely on a system so that they're not totally feeling that they're have to work out every single step by themselves. And some of those systems I think are being developed right now. And, you know, like, how do you say like uh, more coming soon? Right. But that, that that's what, what's happening right now. Right. And, um, to jump into the Dow world right now as a full-time position is definitely taking a risk versus going the traditional route of employment. Um, I think it's a better way though. And I, I see it the way of succeeding. Right? Like when I like, I come from a union background where a lot of where our work conditions are decided upon by collective agreements, which are contracts. Uh, let's just call them stupid contracts because <laughs> that's what they are. They're stupid contracts because they don't really mean anything when it comes to the actual work because there's no real consequences if conditions of the contract aren't followed. And if you try to call out conditions of the contracts that aren't being followed, then oftentimes you're going to find yourself in the minority and in a losing situation. Uh, so for me, Web3 is a better way <laughs> because those contracts are smart contracts and they're written in code and they cannot be broken. So everybody has to follow the rules. And unfortunately, like right now, we're in a state where people will test, 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 test those rules until they fail, which then shows up in the media as a as a hack, <laughs> right? But eventually all these smart contracts are going to be so immutable and unbreakable that the in real life sort of contracts won't even be able to compete because those in real life contracts are meant to be broken. Uh, they're meant, they're wrote and like with ambiguity on purpose so that they can purposely be broken. And that is broken society as far as I'm concerned. So I love smart contracts. And for me, that's the future. I agree. Now, in quote of the pod, you said it earlier, Web3 offers freedom. And for what it's worth, by the way, because Aeon asked this question earlier about how do you get into Web3, 
My advice is to our listeners out here listening, you really only need one resource. That's to join the DAO. The DAO is the ultimate sort of earn-to-learn uh, system. And I know there are other good ones like uh, like Rabbit Hole, etc. But really, DAO is where, where you get into the, the nitty-gritty. And DAO members are so willing to share information about Web3 in general, by the way. And it's for two reasons. One is DAO communities are generally very collaborative and awesome. It's just the nature of these communities. And second is that DAO members are incentivized to be this way via their tokens, which appreciate in value as their DAO gains clout. But back to you, Boiler, you say that smart contracts are the future. So let's talk about the future. Can you speak on how you think NFTs and DAOs will evolve? What's the next stage of the above two technologies? There's one other technology I would like to add into that, and that's DeFi. It's not two technologies. It's, it's, it's the three of those technologies are all going to merge together and, and be one, really. Uh, and, I, and I owe that thought to um, Spencer Graham, really, right? Like, he's the one that first kind of planted that in my mind. It's like, it's, it's, it's all of it's going to all come together, or it's all just kind of works as one. I don't know how how else to say about that. What what else to say about that? Right? Like it's we'll see. It's it's emerging technology, right? And and what's really interesting about it all is like like I I don't believe that solidity is necessarily like the greatest programming technology. And I'm not a programmer or anything like that. But what I think that. Ethereum itself offers is freedom to try whatever you want because it is a sort of simple language and framework and people can experiment with all sort of things. So I don't know if we can truly sit here and say that this is what I think is going to happen because who fucking knows, man? <laughs> like, it's sort of a curse, but yeah. <laughs> right like i get amazed every day you sit like you listen to people and it's like well this is what you're gonna do and you're gonna program it this way and it's amazing to me and and i i don't think you could sit here and predict the future of web 3 very accurately honestly we'll see what happens yeah who who fucking knows indeed like here's an awesome shower thought, by the way, that I like. It says, uh, every child is trained by their parents for a world that is one generation out of date. And so equally, I think the predictions sort of we make for the future are one technological iteration out of date. I mean, looking at the things that my friends are building right now that the rest of the world just doesn't know about, I really believe 2022 is the year of mass adoption of crypto. And... Some people might think that's way too soon for that to happen. But again, I think everyone's prediction is one technological iteration out of date. I have a question and for you then, as far as that goes. Do you think that I should be teaching my kids, <laughs> right, like Web3? Or like, like, like I want my kids, like, like I teach my kids like reading, jujitsu, like basics, 
sort of life technology, right? Like hammering a nail, right? Stupid stuff like that, right? Which is like really basic sort of stuff, right? Like, you know, I put my eight-year-old in jujitsu and he's like, tonight we were kind of like rolling around a little bit and like he was kicking my ass and it was like pretty amazing to me, right? And I'm definitely going to continue with that. But what do you think that I should be teaching my kids as far as, like, the future goes? Okay, that's a tough question. I know. That, that's heavy, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. But, but I just mean, like, like, I mean, as far as, like, Web3 goes, right? Like, like digging into, like, the technology and that sort of thing, right? Like, like he kind of figures out a lot of that stuff. And, and I do have two children. That's two different situations. And I, and I don't even want to get into that, right? But, like, to me, like, it's more important for my kid to be going to jujitsu classes and learning, like, that sort of thing, right? Or it's like really really intimate interactions with one-on-one humans versus like web three where it's not as intimate (laughs) as jujitsu that's for sure right but anyways i'm just throwing that out there (laughs) yeah i mean just to give my two cents uh i see web three eventually being a whole field of study it could be a degree in university just like computer science. And I see, you know, kids and teenagers uh, learning computer science today. So why not Web3? Uh, it, it, I, I truly believe it's going to encompass everyone's lives in the future. So, yeah, why not? Get, get them early. Like, I, I just know the time that I put into it, which is ridiculous, right? Like, it's ridiculous how much time I, like, whatever. Like, is that, like, not more important at a childhood age, though, like, to even care about, like, any of this stuff and, like, just care about wrestling? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, um... it, yeah, I'm sorry. That's probably a topic that you didn't expect to come up during this conversation, and probably we should probably veer off <laughs> and go back on track. But, <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, I mean... No, you, you raise a really interesting point there. And, you, you know, like, what, I mean, Web3 Web is going to encompass everything. I mean, like, even your, your, te- your teenagers, your kids. And, uh, I mean, uh, when, when the Internet first came out, um, no one thought that it was going to be part of everyone's lives. And now you see freaking, you know, six-year-olds and eight-year-olds using iPads and iPhones all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I watch that every single day, and and like I I rely, I, and in fact, like it's something that I rely on. Like my older son, which I won't get into the details, he's nonverbal, and he relies on on an iPad to communicate, and it's friggin' amazing, right? Like, like just like a few months ago, and this might be getting a little bit personal, but just a few months ago for the very first time in his life, and he's 14 years old now, he went to a restaurant and he was able to order food for the first by himself at a restaurant 
for the first time ever using his iPad, right? Like just like having a board where you could communicate with, right? And it's it's pretty amazing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that, that's definitely not where we were intending to go with this one, right? But <laughs> no, no, I, you know, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful story and about your about your son and. That's the beautiful thing about DAOs, you know, like we're, it's a community and I'm so happy to have made so many friends who are who share their life with me. And, you know, like just like you, Boiler, and I've made so many friends from Moondow and it's opened up this whole community and we've created this community and made so many friends. And, you know, now I spend more time with my Internet friends than my meat body friends and. It's it's just a beautiful thing, and if not for DAOs, I, I you know I would have never met you, Boiler, or so many amazing people on on Moondow. Yeah, yeah. So um, so now just transitioning to our sort of last few questions, and I think this is a fun one. Um, what centralized entities do you think would be better served as a DAO? Uh, like I remember Corey mentioning how the UN could be better served as a DAO. And I just thought that was such a fun idea. Uh, or like perhaps uh, another one was Uber. Imagine if Uber was ran by its drivers instead of its uh, investors. Um, for, for me, I mean, it's like really anything could be a DAO. <laughs> really any any group of people that are trying to organize in any sort of fashion can be a DAO because really when a group gets together and they're trying to decide on things together, especially when they're geographically separated, then there's a reason for a DAO. Like you can make an argument for a DAO right away. Uh, So I think that the most obvious one is just that it's when people are actually physically geographically separated from one another and they want to produce results for with each other then that's a DAO and it's pretty neat because any idea that you come up with that is going to require more than your own brain power to see to completion could be a DAO, right? So as far as company goes, like the first sort of um, domino that I suppose that I see falling is sort of the service sort of charitable arms of organizations, sort of the arms of an organization that aren't necessarily of big care to the Wall Street section of the organization, if that makes any sense. Um, that's sort of the, the first big domino that I see following falling as far as big organizations go, but some of the big organizations, I don't even really see a need for any of that anymore. If we really want to get down to it, it's more about like solving individual issues that humans have and people can organize together to solve those issues 
there's really no need for these big organizations because we don't need them solving our issues. And that might be getting political, <laughs> but that's where I'm at. Like, for me, big technology, big companies have been designed to sort of find efficiencies which most often resulted in human beings replace, being replaced. And what we have found with smart contracts is that some of the decision-making process <laughs> and some of the normal day-to-day -day stuff can also be replaced with smart contracts because all we need is ideas and ways to organize those ideas into action. And I try not to think in, in terms of all these, like, huge operations anymore. I try to think in smaller groups of people that form around an idea that needs to be solved. And usually a small group can do that if they have other small groups that they can reach out to, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> that makes total sense. And by the way, I think you're completely right on the money. Um, I think a lot of DAOs are solutions looking for problems instead of actual problem-oriented sort of entities that try to fix a problem that truly exists. And to me, it sort of, um, it reeks of like skeuomorphic thinking, which isn't a bad thing. It's progress. But, you know, trying to look at what Web2 entities can be made into Web3 entities, I think... Um, isn't going to result in the DAOs or organizations that are going to live in the, for the next decade, right? The ones that survive are going to be native web three sort of organizations that add just new value to the world that just didn't exist before. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I don't think it's the right way to think about things as, as replacing this for that because if we do that then we're just going to become the old world again <laughs> right like if we just like try to like replace facebook with a facebook that has a wallet connection that's not really solving a problem the problem is like all these small little deep, like for example, the marketplace that came out of, of Facebook, which is, was a great thing, right? Like all these little community, little marketplaces that emerged and became a really great thing. And I think that it still is a great thing. I haven't been on Facebook in months, but I know my wife likes it. You just look up around things in your community and, and, and it's, great technology right but it's still not owned it's still like all of that is still owned by facebook <laughs> and that's not right it's not right preach preach all right boiler so this is our last question here what are your top three web three twitter follows 
<laughs> I, I I looked at this question like I knew you were going to ask this question. And it was kind of a, a tough one for me because I like to find lists, like sort of like I, I look up like Dow lists and what other people like look for in that, and I, you know what I mean. So like I don't necessarily look for individuals, but if I were to pick a few. Um, Koopa Troopa is a good one. Um, lot, yeah, a lot of knowledge there. Chaser Chapman, Chase Chapman is a really another really good one to get you into um, it, people into Web three and DAOs, as well as uh, Josh Stone from the Seed Club has a lot of really good, good sort of introductory content um there's more that i could name too which is down intel um spend graph which is spencer graham the down intel is the Dow house one and these are all great twitter follows but like i say like i personally with twitter my own strategy is to try to find lists to follow so i can just click on that top sort of lists <laughs> tabs and and find out what other people like to follow if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah it it totally makes sense and just to end things on a phone note i wanted to ask both you boiler and Corey if you could give a 30 second shout out to our Moondow community members why they should be pumped up and psyched about uh, what's to come for Moondow and just give a give a bit of hype Moondow is awesome. Like I can't even I can't even begin to say how awesome Moondow has has turned out to be. Like it's blown my mind with like as far as like the expectations for what it became in such a short amount of time it is unbelievable that we're actually at the point right now where we can get a DAO member up into space and that is incredible. <laughs> so that's my shout out to Moon DAO. <laughs> awesome. Oh man, I love that. I'm not gonna beat that. All I want to say is, man, lots of love to every single person in Moon DAO that's made this possible. And in 2022, I know it in my bones. We're gonna go to space. On that note, Thank you, Boiler. Thank you, Corey, for, for joining me on this podcast. And to our listeners, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the To The Moon podcast. You can find our website at moondow.com or check out our Twitter at officialmoondow, where you can get the link to our Discord and join the community. <laughs>